Do you want to hear what the best and most influential minds in the golf and turf industry have to say on issues affecting the world of golf? Turf grass and turf equipment? That's why I'm here. Tune in as Steven Tucker takes us on a journey with some of the nation's best minds and finds out what they think. If you were looking for excitement, you have found the right place. Welcome to the Turf Addict Podcast. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to this week's edition of Turf Addict. Um, exciting guest with us uh, today. Um, thanks to a good friend of mine, Rod Cook, uh, who's who's been able to help set this up and and uh, finally, you know, someone outside of the golf, you know, golf maintenance industry that probably spends as much time on the golf course as we do. Um, this individual's got, he, you know, we'll start off with one the 2007 Masters. The 2015 Open Championship, 12 PGA Tour wins, um, and then in the next week is going to be over at the President's Cup as assistant assistant captain. So Zach Johnson is with us, and Zach, you know, I appreciate you being on and and uh, doing this with me, and and uh, look forward to the conversation. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, Stephen. I'm I haven't done anything like this, but uh, you said it. I mean, we're <laughs> two different professions that quite frankly uh you know probably should uh should talk more often so i'm, I'm happy to be on no oh, great all right so we'll start off light hot-hearted you know i i remember you coming to the out of the four seasons and you were shooting a commercial uh, a few years ago and we took a picture on the driving range right we had john deere you were you know spon- john deere sponsorship yep. and we had the mowers parked you remember yeah. the deer walking up and I you do. were like man this is a mar- where's the marketing team because <laughs> right. this just doesn't happen, right? No, I mean it was like it was, it was almost like it. Was, you expected somebody to come out of the woods, you know, like 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 a production team or something <laughs> that was letting these deer just run past the the equipment. I remember that vividly on the range there. Uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty special moment, one that uh, I'm still not going to forget. And uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's you know, it it, it just seemed like. John Deere, the John Deere personnel had that all scripted. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean it was awesome. Um, so you know, let's uh, let's get on with it. You know, I I played competitive golf early in, in my earlier lifetime when I had all the time to do it. You know, I think originally I got in the golf business, or I got in the golf business because I enjoyed playing golf, and and so um, I got some understanding on you know, how you guys, you know, what you're going through and how you play, certainly not to the level that you guys play at. But one of the things I was curious about is, you know, what accuracy do you guys dial your clubs into? I mean, are you one of the guys that is like, oh, that's close enough? Or are you like, man, this is things got to be dead on? Well, I'm pretty particular. I mean, you know, it's just one of those mental things, really. I mean, if I know that my pitching wedge needs to be at 48 degrees and 62 and a half degree lie angle, it better be at 48 degrees and 62 and a half degree lie. I mean, you know, you want to know that when you pick it up out of, you know, pick it up out of your golf bag, that it's exactly where it needs to be. I mean, it just, it takes, it alleviates you know, the, the burden of saying, well, gosh, maybe, you know, I'm swinging this club, right. I'm swinging that club, right. What's wrong with this one? Right. And it, it takes the guesswork out of, you know what? It's you, it's not the golf club. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that quite frankly, I can accept that. I can, you know, hitting, hitting average to poor shots 
is a part of the game, and I don't want to have to sit there and think, is it my equipment? Right. And, and, it, and it shouldn't be, and, and quite frankly, really. Right. So you're eliminating variables. You know, you're you're eliminating variables. That's exactly up. right. Yeah. 100%. I mean, you could, you know, it's your golf ball to your glove to your spikes of your shoes to the clubs in your bag. I mean, right. it, it's all of that. I mean, all of that is it is is there and and to help you play at your absolute best and like you said to eliminate the variables sure well you know the reason i asked is you know one of the things that that we do obviously to get mowers dialed in is well and and i would say some of us i wouldn't say all of us do it um is you know we're we're dialing dialing mowers into thousandths of an inch right and and right. our goal being to reduce the variables to as small as they can be so we can minimize the you know after cut appearance issues that you sent that you see out on the golf course you know one of the feelings that we have in terms of mowers is that you know the consistency makes a huge difference if if we set up a greens mower that's a couple thousandths off you know what's the impact to the player going to be for if, sure. if one greens mower set slightly different than the next one sure right sure i i totally get that that makes complete i mean the golf course is your canvas right and yeah. you're you're essentially painting a, a picture well every day for the most part and you want it to be the way you want it i and as a player i mean i i appreciate that i i well i admire it i'm not so sure i envy it because it is stressful <laughs> and i get that yeah. i mean i mean i i say that in in complete transparency i i admire the profession of, of being a groundskeeper, superintendent, whatever you want to call it, because, you know, you're, you're basically your profession is, is trying to make other people happy and, sure. and, and, and have that enjoyment, whether it's a private membership, a public golf course, it doesn't matter. You're, yeah. you're trying to, you know, put a beautiful piece of property and make it even better consistently day after day. And that's, that's a stressful job. I get it. Well, and, you know, I kind of see it like, you know, like you were saying with the clubs, right? You know, if you're, lo- you're loft and lies and all that are all over the place and you sure. go out trying to hit a shot you're trying to hit and it doesn't go that way. I mean, it's no different than us sending a mower out there and it's scalping on one side of it. And, you know, sure. it, it, you know, it should matter, right? You know, hundred <laughs> percent. and the more we dial it in, the better it'll be. And, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, the the, 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 the the variable that is that we both deal with but in a different manner is Mother Nature too, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of and whether it's, you know, day to day, week to week, I mean, over time it, it just it it Mother Nature has her own prerogative and, and again, that's when you gotta combat it. That's when you guys have to do what you do, whether it's raise it, lower it, cut it differently, whatever you may whatever it may be, get your equipment in a position. And at the same time with me, I mean, I've got to be able to say, okay, I got to, I got to be able to hit this club in the back of my stance, middle of my stance. I got to hit it left to right. I got to hit it right to left. I mean, all of those factors. So, sure. um, I, I think the parallels are there, and uh, you know, I, I just appreciate the fact that uh, you know you and, and and your peers take so much pride in what you do. Well, we appreciate that as well. I mean, do you think? Uh that the players are well versed in what goes on behind the scenes and at what level, or do, is there just kind of a, uh, we know a little bit about what they do, but, or, right. you know, is it kind of sporadic? Some are a lot more ingrained in that. I know you are with uh, some of your past sure. experiences and, and uh, people that you know, but you know, do you right. think that's common on tour? 
Yeah, you, you said. I mean, I have an affinity for your profession and some of the guys that I've met over time, whether it's when I was a kid or even now as a, as a you know, well, a professional golfer at 43. I mean, I, I just, I've always enjoyed being around soups. You know, I, I can't speak on behalf of my peers. I, I, I would, you know, I would assume that most of them have probably a, a, a bird's eye view of it. You know, I don't, I don't, I, you know, that 30,000 foot view of, of really what goes on. Um, but, you know, we don't know, I would say the bulk of us don't know the, the specifics, you know, how detailed you have to be day in, day out, you know, blades, machinery, and, and all that, hole to hole, green to green, T to T. I mean, we, we don't know all of that. Sure. Um, what I do know is that when we go to a facility to compete, for the most part, that facility, that well, not that one week, but the, maybe the few weeks leading up to it, it it's, you know, the, the pedal is pushed down. And right. it's, it starts, it, it's stressed and, you know, it, 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 I'm assuming that becomes more difficult because there's more maintenance involved. There's more time involved. There's just more energy and, you know, resources put into it. But, you know, other than that, I'm not so sure we really know all of what goes into it. And, and that, that's probably not right. It's just, it's just the, that's just the, the facts, you know, sure. um, it's just the nature of the job. Well, you know, and I, you know, I think that's part of what I'm trying to get at with the the uh, podcast as well is yeah. do 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 we as technicians have a better understanding of what you guys do, right? Sure. How, sure. You know, we just set up a mower and we send it out there, and we don't check right. for all those accuracies, and it impacts your game. It impacts how you play. It impacts the speed of the green from green to green. You know, all those things then become real issues that we don't realize are issues because they've right. never been talked about. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think what I can say, I don't, again, I don't like speaking on behalf of anybody, but what, what I, I'm pretty comfortable and, and, and confident in saying, you know, as, as a PGA tour player for so many, I don't even want to say it, how many <laughs> years it's been. Um, what I can say is, you know, we, we our games, to stay out on tour for a long period of time, to have success on the tour, there has to be a, it's, it's a consistency, right? And, and in that granted, you know, we change venue to venue. We, we want to play a golf course. We play really good golf courses. We're spoiled. I mean, <laughs> to the nth degree, we're spoiled, right. but it, each week we want consistency out of the golf course, whether it's the speed of the greens, the, right. the, um, saturation level, the fairways, the cut line of the second intermediate cut, the depth of the sand, the consistency of the sand. I mean, those are all the things that you're going to hear from us when it comes to the golf course. Right now, is that, is that entirely all fair and accurate? Probably not right. because we are spoiled. We are truly, truly spoiled, <laughs> but you know, and, and again, we're there for one week and yeah. I, I've, I've said this so many times and I'll say it again, especially if we're at a private, you know, a private venue, private club we're we're talking 50, out of the 51 weeks we're there for one week they take pride in having us there i get that right. but we're there for one week so don't change your golf course or do something radical for us right it's your golf club yeah. you know make it member friendly but make it competitive let's you know i mean that's that's the beauty of the game i mean we're the face of the game and it's such a such a small percentage it's the one percent of the one percent of the one percent right and the beauty of this game is that anybody can play at any age and, and 
you know what? Keep it fun. So, you know, we don't, you don't need the greens rolling at 15. That's an, I'm an extreme here at 15. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need the fairways running out 40 yards every time. I mean, all of that, you don't, you don't have to have that. If that's not what your members want right. or your players want or whomever, you know, uh, visits your facility, whether it's a, a, a resort or a private club or, or like I said, a municipal golf course, keep it, keep it the way it should be so that it's healthy and, and it can endure all the elements. Sure. No, that, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, I see it all the time, right? We go to these extremes, you know, you got guys that are calling other superintendents. Well, how low are your greens cut? Cause you know, sure. we're not getting to those heights and what are we doing wrong? You know, right. it, there's so many elements that are involved, different climates, what? different mowers, different, right. you know, all kinds of different things that we get into that you right. know, it's not acceptable if it's not here. Right. So, well, yeah, exactly. All the, all those factors, right. Geographics, yeah. yep. uh, which play a huge part of it. Right. Cause if sure. you're up North where well, you're talking five to seven months a year and yeah. then, you know, um, well, bank grass, Bermuda grass, right. I mean, exactly. Totally the type of grass and, and, and all of that. So, I mean, I, I, I totally, I totally get that. I mean, there's, there's so many factors. That's the beauty of the game. I mean, that's, sure. uh, that's why I love it. That's why I, I still continue trying to improve because it's a, uh, it's a never ending battle. And <laughs> much like your profession, probably when, when you think you have it, it'll chew you up and spit you out because it can't. And, yep. and that's, that's a that's a really cool thing. Well, and the, I think the great thing about ours is, or, or even you know, the outlook that some of us have is, we need to be going into work every day, figuring out mm. how to get better. And if sure. we're not, and we're just continuously doing things the way we've always done them because they worked, then we get behind. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's like you know, I guess it's uh, like using an old trusty driver that you used in high school and the you know, technology's passed you by. Right. And you're sure. hitting the ball 50 yards shorter than everybody else's. So. Right. So, right. Yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. I yeah. mean, there's, there's, and there's pride there. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, the ones that I know usually get up really, really early. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get on the golf course at, well, probably before I get there, I can assure you of that. And, you know, and then, obviously put their time in and it's it's work and, and that that work is pride filled i it, it it should be because sure. uh that that's that's what you you know and anytime you, you know you have a job that you love to go to there's going to be pride involved and and you want you want to get it better better than you know the previous day and better better than uh the previous week i mean you're always trying to make like i said your canvas look more and more beautiful and uh i, I love that i love i love the fact that the influence, you know, uh, a mower can have or a cut line can have or whatever can can make a big difference to certainly uh, the players of the golf course, but also to the superintendents that are maintaining it. That's that's sure. uh, that's a really cool thing. Well, and you, your goal is to just you want people to come out and have a good time. I mean, you want Absolutely. them to enjoy playing it, not hate it, right? So. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, I mean. It, you know, much like me and my pros, you know, hey, I just hit it 310 yards. That's right. not me. But my point is, and you guys are saying, well, you know, I got my greens rolling at 14. You know, yeah. I, mean, I, I understand it. I mean, that that's that's what's really cool. I mean, yeah. it, and, uh, and, and you know, we kind of touched upon it. But, you know, one of the questions I get a lot, Stephen, is, you know, man, how has technology helped you? I mean, at yeah. 43, how has it helped you? I mean, I mean it's, it's helped a lot. I right. mean, whether it's the size of the head, the shaft, the golf ball nowadays, wh- whatever it may be. Technology has helped, yeah. but I keep saying I keep going back to it. Keep going back to it. The thing that's changed the most, in my opinion, in the last twenty years, is how stressed a golf course can be when we play it, and then in, in a two days' time, can be back to a place where 
anybody can play it. Sure. And, and it has everything to do with the technology and agronomy, maintenance, and your profession. And and I, it goes unnoticed. It goes probably – I'm not saying unnoticed. That's not fair. It, it, it probably is not discussed enough. Right. All right, so I've got to ask this question because if I don't, every superintendent in the country would probably shoot me. So <laughs> do, do the bunkers really need to give you a perfect lie every time? I mean, listen, <laughs> there yeah. isn't a co- area on the golf course that takes more man hours to manage than bunkers sure. do, right? And yeah, so it's a hazard, right? I mean, so Correct. what's the importance of it? So anyway, I want to get your take on it and, and we'll leave that one alone after that. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't mind at all. I mean, I, I, it is definitely one of the things that, uh, I, I'm, I'm, again, I gotta be probably completely honest that myself and my peers consistently discuss or complain about the most, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, we're playing, like I said, we're playing unbelievable venues that are usually really, really well maintained and, and that sort of thing. So um, now, I mean, you, you, you got to have some realism involved. If you got a lot of rain, well, that can change things. Sure. And it can change things in the bunker just as much as it can change things in the fairway. Right. Uh, I mean, there isn't a person on the PGA that doesn't like that kind of firm sand. Right. You know, well, search for, they like they like the sand where the ball hits the lip and it goes down. Oh, you don't the like bunker. the plug fried egg lies? No, nah, not a big bases. fan. Not a big fan when, when the, pin's, the pin's 13 feet from my golf ball and a fried egg. But I get it. I get it. Right. And, you know, I, I'm assuming it's kind of like a living organism. Those bunkers change day after day, week after week. They just do. Right. You know, the sand, you know, whether the washouts it's washouts and. Wa- right, yeah. whatever. Um, erosion or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's you said it. You said it perfectly. It is. Well, I don't know if it's a hazard anymore in the USGA rulebook, but it's a hazard. It's it's a hazard. And so if you hit it in there, you you shouldn't expect a tee underneath your golf ball. Right. Um, I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Now, I'll also be the first to admit, there's oftentimes we're aiming at bunkers. We're trying to get it in there. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, our second shot in a par five or, um, you know, something of like that, maybe a, a long, a short, short par four driving it up around the green. I mean, guys are so good now because we can control it out of the sand with our wedges. That's oftentimes that's where we're trying to hit it. Right. You shouldn't expect a great lie every time. And, um, you know, that's the beauty of the game too. You got flat bunkers with grass, with grass lips. You got these massive Fazio big lip bunkers. You've got, you know, the, the, the squirrely ones kind of, you know, with a lot of curvature, whether it's a, you know, a core Crenshaw or whatever you want to call it. I mean, right. Again, it's so cool. You got you got all the differences, all, all the all the the types. I just think that that part of our game is cool. You got desert golf. You got you know you got uh, Florida golf. You got mountain golf. You got all the Midwest golf. You got it, that's the beauty. They, they shouldn't be the same every week, and no no, no one bucker is the same from the previous hole. Right. So it's a hazard. <laughs> well, you you just made a lot of superintendents happy. I think. <laughs> all right so um let's let's say all right you show up for a venue for the week right what are the top three course condition wise things that you're looking at and you feel you know if these are there i'm gonna have a good week i mean do you put in course conditions you know does that give you like that feel like man this is it I've, I, you know greens are perfect this is good you know is there those things that you look for that really just set you up right out of the gate 
That's a, that's a really, really good question. I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, especially uh, at my age on tour, I mean, I, I'm going to play and plan and plan my schedule around golf courses that I consistently know well and consistently play well at. I mean, why wouldn't I? So those typically are ones, uh, you know, where the greens are more on the fast end. They're typically ones where I'm not playing on a po- <laughs> on a West Coast Poiana. Right. I try to avoid that. Um, you love Texas. Yeah, I love, I love Texas. You're right. I do. I'm, you know, living now in the South, I used to live in Central Florida. I right. used to live in the in, in the Northern Orlando area. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, I've gotten used to Bent or excuse me, Bermuda. Right. And man, has that changed even in the 20 years? You know, yeah. uh, I mean, my goodness. I mean, some of these Bermudas, it's like putting on a new bent. I mean, it's crazy how good they are. So, yeah, green conditions, green speeds that I kind of know going in and into, you know, you know, when I'm planning my schedule, that that's a big factor. I mean, I, I love playing golf courses that have kind of fairways that run out. I mean, right. a, a thing that you hear from me and I would say, again, I don't want to speak on behalf of all my buddies, but Brown is kind of new green. I yeah. mean, we don't find a little shade of Brown in there. I mean, now does it make the golf courses play shorter? Yeah, perhaps, but it tightens them. So it's, it's almost like the tunnel, the tunnel shrinks right and and i think that makes it more difficult i think it rewards i think it rewards better golf i think it rewards better ball striking and as a result you split the field i mean you're it's it's kind of the way it should be now does it does green look better oh i get that absolutely right. it does it's you know we want we want fast and firm we want thick rough which is kind of a hard thing to have both yeah. um in some instances and then you want greens that are that are you know, are firm and fast. If, if, I mean, you can have, you can have greens that hold and are really fast too, based on conditions. And that's usually when we tear it up. But the moment those greens have some bounce, the moment those fairways have some bounce, which I, ideally that's what I want to play on. Right. You know, I feel like it just rewards a complete golfer. Right. Now, is that why you did so well at St. Andrews, that bump and run firm (laughs) and fast? Well, I, I, I can't, I can't answer that. I mean, I, that was a week where I, I mean, I'm not saying I would have won anywhere, but that was a week. If I, if you would have put me anywhere, I probably would have played. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I was rolling it great. I was hitting my wedges pretty good and obviously driving it decent. So yeah, I don't know that, that tournament in general, I think, you know, I, I just, I have, uh, well, certainly an affinity for, but I, I, I just, I, I have a tendency to play well there. My game fits it. It, you know, it requires, I think, uh, the most out of every player each and every year in the sense that you have to hit it really solid because the, the lies are very tight. So you got to, you got, you know, whether it's around the green and the fairway, it's just tight. Right. And oftentimes the fairways are running faster than the greens, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's, you know, it's just the way it is. Mother yeah. nature dictates what it looks like and how it plays and all the above. I mean, one day you might be hitting driver four iron the next day you're hitting a three wood sandwich on the same hole right so you know i love that type of golf i I just you know you kind of get an appreciation i think uh for how the game was formed how it was invented how it came to be um over there in in that true links but again that's one style of golf um don't get me started on those bunkers (laughs) by the way (laughs) but uh yeah i mean very possible very possible I, i i just enjoy and appreciate uh, how the Scots and the Irish and you know the British in general how they go about their golf it's pretty pure. 
Well, great. So, all right, here's the tougher question, right? I mean, I've heard you say a few times, and even tonight, you know, that you relate to superintendents really well, and I agree with you that you do. And and I feel, so I feel comfortable asking you this. Um, okay. I mean, I know players have a sense of what goes into setting up, you know, for PGA Tour events in terms of man hours and the frequencies and, you know, of things getting – how many times they get mowed and that type of stuff. I mean, do you think – when they realize when they're in front of the camera at media and stating mm. things like, you know, greens are grainy or it's too soft or whatever that, you know, the effect that has on the people that are doing all of that work behind the scenes that can't control some of that stuff. Like, you know, it, mother nature, as we talked about, I mean, but then right. at the same time, you've got guys like, you know, Brooks Kepka who's, you know, was talking about the tour championship and that those greens were the best he ever putted on all year. Uh, this right. this past season, right. so you know th- that made a huge positive impact. I'm sure for sure. the for the guys there. Um, do you, you know? Do you feel? Do you see that? I mean, do you understand where I'm getting with that? Does that make sense? 100. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, immensely. I mean, I'll tell you this: the PGA Tour, our, our executives, or our you know relations guys in particular, are very diligent and I would say adamant on especially for the younger guys, making sure that they're aware the kind of impact words can have on our game, on our product as a PGA tour player and, and run the gamut. I mean, right. you know, now do, do guys get a little emotions, emotional sometimes and then let the emotions get the best of them? Absolutely. Sure. I mean, that's, that's, we all do. That's human, right. that's human nature. I mean, that, it, it's going to happen, but you know, is it an excuse? No, not necessarily. It's just, it's just the facts of life. I mean, it, yeah, I, you don't like hearing the negative stuff. I mean, I, and, and and there's not a person here that would – I mean, I've said things uh, over the past. I know sure. I can tell you this. my Whatever remarks I've ever made, uh, I, I can honestly say are directed more towards the institutions that are running the golf tournament rather than the club and or the superintendents. Right. Because to my knowledge, and, and you maybe maybe you can correct me on this. I really don't know. Um, but our, our, our setup – would be dictated more so by, well, if it's a PGA Tour uh, event, it would be dictated more by our rules officials. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have we have amazing guys. I mean, guys that are they're great guys. Now, some most of them are actually past players. And these these guys they they have a team that goes well in advance, gets the golf course set up, marks the hazard lines, checks this, checks that. But even prior to that, they're like, okay, we want this mode of this. We want this mode of that. If this yep. happens, then this. All, all, all the above. And and so you hear you hear guys complain and or, or you know, maybe say something. And I think, for the most part, they're probably directed more towards the PGA Tour right. <laughs> rather than the local, you know, superintendent and his personnel. Sure. But but I, I get that where, where it, it's a domino effect. It yeah. can come down. And, again, we, we said in the very beginning, this is this is y'all's baby, and you take it personally as you should. Yeah. So it's probably it's not fair. I mean, and on the positive side, you know, one little three second comment that says, "Man, these are some of the best greens I've put it on in the last eight months." That can go a ton. That can go a long way. Right. So I, I totally get it. It's it's um, you know, I, I'm a, you, you really got to side on the positive. You really got to stick to it. And and I don't want to say BPC because you want honesty. Yes. Uh, but th- there's a way to do it in a, in, in a manner that I think can be beneficial for all parties. And yeah. um, as long as the USGA is not running it, we're good. 
I'm just kidding. I don't. Even, I don't have a question regarding that. This. this I'm goal. just teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, they, they've gotten a lot better. I'll yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think um, in, in that regard, the, the the biggest things I think for us is w- we want that feedback. I mean, I, I think sometimes it's hard to get honesty. You know, everybody's like, oh, the golf course is great or all the, you know, or, or you don't find out the things that people don't like and you're just kind right. of trying to do the best you can with what you have. Right. Um, and as far as the tour agronomist, I will say over the last, I don't know, I think there's been quite a change in the last eight years or so on, you know, how much they dictate what exactly is going to happen. I mean, I know that they have suggestions and sure. it's, it's not, listen, this is what you're going to do anymore. I think it was like that early on. Right, right. Um, which has really helped because they're, you know, you've, they're getting the little snapshots when they visit. They're, they're not right. seeing the golf course every day and what could or could not happen. And, and I think, that's sometimes when you lose control of the golf course, when you don't have the person that actually is there every day helping make some of those calls, which I think is, you know, and I'll say, you know, I think in the USGA side of things can can cause some of that. You, you know, if you've got the guy that's there every day and, and knows what the course can and can't do and and when it gets going to get out of hand and you, he's the one making the calls, then maybe, you know, you don't see so much – things getting out of hand or you know all of a sudden the greens are so slow because they're expecting 30 mile an hour winds and they don't get them and now you know you're putting on a slower green than you did the last few days 100 percent you 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 said it you said it perfectly and i you're you, yeah you're right you're 100 I, I the rules officials like i said like i mentioned earlier the core of their job is outside of the thursday through sunday competition is getting the golf course ready from a you know aligns knowing where the ropes are that kind of stuff and then also pin placements and tee placements and that's and that's really that's really where it should be i mean you know and obviously they should utilize the local superintendents to help with that the local pro as well i mean uh all that makes complete sense i mean you actually triggered a thought i remember a couple of uh you know major championships where some of my peers i've done it once or twice too i know i did it and a couple other where, you know, I go, I try to get there in advance. I go in and talk to the head pro and I see the maintenance staff and I'm like, Hey, you know, wh- what are you going to have this rolling at? What do you, right. where are you going to, where do you think the pins will be? Where, where, hey, are they going to put the T up here to make it drivable? I mean, all those kind of things. Why not utilize local knowledge? Like you said, I mean, yeah. that's, it, that's what it's there for. That's, this is, this is where, <laughs> this is where you hang your hats. Uh, actually, it's where you put your hat on and go to work. Sure. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, um, what's your day look like? You know, when mm. you're, when mm. you're, you know, during your eight, eight months or whatever playing, uh, and I'm sure you're practicing even after that, but what does a typical Zach Johnson day look like? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, like a competitive week is what you're referring yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, obviously travels in there and I, 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 I rarely get there on a Sunday night is usually a Monday, uh, especially if I'm coming from home, it's a Monday night or Tuesday morning, but, um, they're pretty full days. Uh, Monday could be a day for laundry. It could be a day to just go putt, work out, what have you, that kind of thing. Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday are are usually my longest two days. Um, Tuesday morning, typically I go in and get like a body check, you know, some, some sort of tissue and kind of body scope just to make sure I'm firing, a workout, go out, do some practicing, 
have lunch, warm up again, go play nine holes ideally if I can get it in, right. um, and then and then do a cool down with uh, some more tissue work. I'm old, man. I got to get a lot of table. Work. Um, <laughs> Wednesday is is kind of the same thing, you know, in the morning, and then depending on my pro MT time, uh, will dictate when I do what. But you know, it's usually 18 holes and uh, a pro am, and then obviously the competitive rounds. Thursday or Sunday, my workouts are based on when I te- when I play early and when I play late uh, Thursday and Friday. And uh, if I can get you know two to three workouts workouts in a week. That's that's ideal. It's not always feasible based on delays or you know just tee times and where they the way they uh, lay out. And then also if I'm playing two or three weeks in a row, so um, it, they're you know like I said, the, the Tuesday and Wednesday are my longest days. They, they usually end up. I'm usually there at the course for probably ten hours because that's where the gym is too. Right. Um, so you know we're we're pretty spoiled in that regard. Ten to twelve hours uh of of work time and um and then and then it's usually try to get some good quick food and get to bed but um you know at home like you mentioned i mean my off weeks are strategic too i mean i've got three kids so you know when it comes to my practice i'd like to get my practice done when they're in school um i take them to school i go to the gym go practice ideally you know whether it's i pick them up or or help help them with their homework in the afternoon late afternoon what have you sports that they're in that kind of thing and then repeat the next day but uh yeah it's i mean i don't have a job i mean i've (laughs) i've got a vocation that that you know that i hit a golf ball chase it and hit it again that's the way i like to say it i mean mean, if, if if you call it work well okay i mean there there's parts of it that are i mean right the worst part of my job is the fact that I've got to travel, but it's also one of the coolest parts. So I, I don't take any of that for granted. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I've got a great team starting with my wife and trickle down to my team, my coaches and, uh, my sponsors, et cetera. It's just, it's a really, really good, it's good people. I mean, I surround myself around good people, good, hardworking people that want to see me succeed. And I, I feel fortunate. All right. All right. Two more questions here. First one, please. Three top places to eat that you that you you know that when you're go there, these are the places that every time you go here, this is where you got to eat. Oh, that is an awesome question. Um, I do tend to mm, tend to make my schedule and my calendar around food, day to day, week to week. Um, well, I was just talking to a buddy of mine here on the island today, as a matter of fact, uh, Keith Mitchell, mm-hmm. rookie. Just one on the PGA Tour. Actually, it's his second year. But one on the PGA Tour. He's going to Maui. So, for the Tournament Champions, um, Century Tournament Champions. And there is there is a sushi restaurant there in Kapalua called Sansei that my wife and I absolutely adore. It's, it's I mean, I love food. So, it's, right. I'm, I don't know if I'm a foodie, but it, 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 it would be up there. So, Sansei Sushi in Kapalua uh, is way up there. I really enjoy... Um, uh, uh, Bass, Bass Street uh, Chop House in Moline, Illinois. Yeah. We always go there as a family. That's kind of where I'm. That area I'm, I'm from up there, uh, where the John Deere Classic is. So that's a that's a must hit for myself and my family. Um, other restaurants. Holy cow, that's a good one. Uh, there's a good one in Augusta. I mean, it's weird to say, but I get to keep going back. Yeah. Um, called Abel and Brown Oyster bar slash steak 
chop house slash seafood. It's fantastic. Um, there's three good ones right there. I mean, I, I could go on and on. Right. I'm not picking. Now, I say all that, but if I can find a Whole Foods at yeah. night, go into the salad bar, get my food, and go back to my room, I do it. Chipotle, man, I hit that all the time. Right. I'm a Chipotle fiend. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and then, you know, obviously have a decent meal. Diamond Grill, Akron, Ohio. We don't play there anymore. I got to throw that one out there. Okay. Amazing. Nice. All right. So, last question here, and I'm going to make it an easy one. Okay. What are the your top three places you play on tour that you feel they have the course dialed in every year? And since my course has an LPG event, you don't have to name it. <laughs> <laughs> I've yet to play that, but I mean, obviously, I've been to the facility. Yep. It's amazing. It's, it's one uh, that Four Seasons is legitimately one of my wife's favorite favorite hotels ever. Um, <clears throat> that's a good one. They got it. Well, I mean, Augusta. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. I got I got to take that out of there because it is it is a little different. <laughs> it's like nothing. I mean, it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's there's nothing like it. Nope. So. I'm going to take the obvious one out. Okay. Uh, um, man, I mean, our TPCs are really good with the PGA Tour. I'd like to say Sawgrass, um, since they've made some changes, they've done a good job. But um, Colonial's really, really good. That one's way up there. Right. They do a really good job, consistent good job, especially, I mean, you would know this better than I would, where they are geographically. Yep. Right there in, the, I guess, the north side of Texas, to still maintain bent grass greens in that climate. I mean, it cannot be easy with the humidity and the heat over time, and they still do a great job. Um, yeah, I was actually at our four seasons in Dallas. Uh, yeah. For the Byron Nelson, I was there for three years, and uh, we have bent grass still. Um, yeah, there yep, you go. So I know what climate you're talking about. <laughs> it's impressive. I don't. Yeah. Again, I don't. I don't know how they do it. I mean. As far as the maintenance goes, you mean Jack's place, Mirfield is right. really, really, really good consistently. Uh, TPC Deer runs really good because it's John Deere equipment and it's their <laughs> it's their bread and butter. I mean, yep. it really is. Again, it is. obviously, yeah. I have a bias there, but man, it's you know they, we shoot really, really low there, and that's because it's eighty five degrees with no wind and the greens are holding. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to happen. Um, some other ones, uh, man, I mean, Riviera is one of my favorites, but it's not in the best shape just because of the time of year we play it, yeah. although it's, man, it's really good. Um, let me pick up another one here. That's, man, Hilton Head. I, I, for an overseed, because I don't, I mean, you, you can, you're, overseed's difficult, right? Because yeah. of when you do it, how you do it, and all that, they seem to do a really good job for that one week we're there. I mean, it is, it's really green, but yet firm. You know, the greens are... They pass ballon the there? I'm sorry? Are they past ballon grass there? No, they're not. They're not. And okay. they probably could be, right. um, obviously, based on location, yep. but they're, they're not. It's 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 a, I'm assuming it's a rye okay. overseed with whatever else in there. I don't, I really don't know. But it, what, what, what's difficult about it is the greens there, you know, it's, that's obviously one of Pete Dye's uh, gems. It, they're, they're pretty small. Um and there's, man, the notes in my yardage book are plenty in that regard. There, there are so many holes there where it doesn't matter where the pin is. I'm trying to land it one pace on to six paces on, regardless of where the pin is. And a five, you know, a five yard uh, stretch there, and just because it can get so firm and fast, uh, you know, it, uh, that time of year, it 
and they just don't make them like that anymore. It's pretty special. Right. Well, excellent, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm certainly sure a lot of the golf industry appreciates it from the maintenance side and, and, uh, yeah, I wish you the, the best in the season coming up and certainly the boys, the best for, uh, for the president's cup next week. Um, so, uh, we're all pulling for them and, and, uh, you know, again, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing, uh, with us today. No, it was distinctly my pleasure, Stephen. I hope we can do it again. Uh, yeah, man, go USA. Uh, <laughs> man, and again, thank you to you and all your peers for what you do and how you do it. I appreciate your work ethic more than anything. Um, you got, you guys, you know, you, some, frankly, you make us look really good. So I, I'm, I'm grateful. And to everybody out there, Merry Christmas. All right, man. Thank you again, and have a good evening, and uh, have a good trip over to Australia. Cheers. Thanks, man. All right, man.